with us. You could have been anywhere else, but you chose to be with us right here at Greater Bethlehem online at mygbca.org. We thank you very much for taking out the time to just to be with us. For all of you here in the parking lot, let me know you're here. All right. Amen, amen. We thank God for all of you being here with us today. Amen. And so we want to let you know that God has a word for you today. And before we get started in the word, we're going to let you know that immediately after service, we're going to have a... Uh, after the message, rather, we're going to have communion. So we like you at home, if you will, go and get some bread and a cup of juice and go ahead and, and, and have it ready so when it's time for communion, we'll be ready to enter into communion. I'm going to ask if you will turn to First uh, Kings chapter 17. It's where our reading will come from today. First Kings chapter 17. And as we begin to break the word of God open today, we're going to open up with a word of prayer. Father, in the precious name of Jesus, we ask, Father, even now that your presence is here. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. It is here, Lord God, that we're not dependent upon anything and anyone else, only you in this hour. So, Father, we thank you, Lord God, for your word declares wherever two or more are gathered, there you are in the midst. And we welcome you here today. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Welcome you, Heavenly Father. We thank you for making your presence known right here with us today. Father, we pray even now over the word and that you, are, Lord God, just use this vessel of clay to speak your word to your people and we pray for the anointing of the holy spirit that it will get in and bring revelation to each and every last one of us father we thank you in jesus precious name amen now first Kings 17 beginning in verse one the scripture declares amen and elisha the tishbite who was one of the inhabitants of gilead said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Sharif, that is, before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brook, and it came to pass that the brook dried up, because there had been no rain. I want you to know as we open up our text today, I would like to use as a theme, what are you going to do when your brook dries up? What will you do when your brook dries up? In our text, we see that the Lord told Elijah to tell Ahab that it's not going to rain for three years. The Lord then told Elijah to get up turn east and go hide thyself by the brook Cherith. Now I'm sure Elisha, just like any one of us, may have thought that, oh, this is great. I can speak to the rain and it will hold back and, 
I can talk to the king and he will listen. I can get up in the morning and ravens are going to feed me and I got a brook that is going to give me water. How could life get any better than this? God blesses me in the morning and he blesses me in the evening. He speaks to me and the rain stops. But then all of a sudden the word of God says the brook dries up. Oh, how can you go to the very place that God has told you to go to? The place that God has ordained that you would be at. The place where God said he would sustain you and that he will go before you in his strength and you will be in his refuge. How can you now find yourself at such a place that drives up? For those of you who are content just to come to church and let church be just church as usual, this message won't mean much to you. But for those of you who want a deeper walk and you want to learn the ways of God, you pay, you pay close attention because this message will begin to reveal to you the key to understanding the ways of God. Now, what do you do when your brook dries up? Here this morning, I'm going to let you know that God is about to orchestrate a boot camp in the life of Elisha. Now, for those of you who've been in the military, you know what boot camp is all about. You know that uh, for some, it is the first time to really get away from home. That's why boot camp is often taking you to a place outside of the familiar, uh, taking you to a new place by which you would have to learn how to adapt yourself in such a new place. Oh, new, the boot camp is a place where you begin to learn discipline. It's a place where you learn what it means to really work from sunup to sundown. It is there in boot camp that soldiers are trained not to be what they want to be, but to be what the military wants them to be, boot camp. Boot camp will try you. Boot camp will prove you. Boot camp will touch you. And every last one of us will be tried differently when God takes us through his boot camp. You see, there are lessons to be learned, lessons of faith and trust, obedience and faithfulness. And it is when you are tested in boot camp, when you realize that you're in the middle of nowhere and there is no other place for you to go, what are you going to do? There are many saints who God has taken to boot camp and today they are AWOL. They are MIA, missing in action. And it is at this point that we must realize that God is calling us to make a decision. Either you will follow me or you will follow the world. Jesus told his disciples back in the day, unless you eat of my body and drink my blood, you have no part of me. And the scripture says that the greater part of them walked away from him and stopped following him as of that day. Jesus turned to Peter and said, Peter, are you going to go to? And Peter declared, well, Lord, you're the only one with the words of life. Who are we going to go to? In other words, God will bring you to a point of testing that you and I will know that your only reliance, your only assurance is in God himself. When God allows you to be tested in boot camp, oh, I need you to know 
God will put you in a place that will that you will struggle in a place that will try you just to prove you to see whether or not you have what you thought that you had. Oh, boot camp reveals what we have. Boot camp reveals what's in us. Boot camp will tell us whether or not we have everything that we thought we had to make life bearable. And yet God will put you in boot camp because before God can use you, he got to prove you. Oh, hallelujah. Now, for those soldiers who've been to boot camp, I want you to know one of the first things that when you come to boot camp, one of the first things they do is they have you to strip of all of your clothes and they give you a new outfit that you're going to put on. In other words, you can't bring none of your former stuff into boot camp. In fact, they're looking at them will even change your appearance. You may have come in there with a serious do, a serious haircut. I mean, you thought you looked good, only to find out that when you get there now, they have shaved your hair. Oh, hallelujah. You no longer look like you used to look when you get to boot camp. I need you to know, now they will give you a place to sleep and food to eat. You can't say, I don't like this and I don't feel comfortable here because boot camp is not there to make you comfortable. Boot camp is there to prove you, to show you what's inside of you. Oh, hallelujah. So God told Elisha, go hide yourself. Uh-huh. You see, Elisha had just told King Ahab, it's not going to rain for three years and it will not do it until I say so. I need you to know that there are many times that God will use us and we want to stand around and receive all of the accolades, all of the pats on the back. We want everybody to tell us how great we've been and how God used us. But when God uses us to perform his will, now he says, you did what I need you to do. Now get out the way. You see, too many of us are getting away of God using us from that moment on. We stay there. We want to remain in the limelight. But God is declaring, before I can trust you with my anointing, I got to prove you. So I need you to get out of the way. You see, I need you to know God's ways are not like our ways. When God wants to transform the, the man Elisha the Tishbite into Elisha the man of God, to accomplish this, God got to send him to boot camp. Now the word of God says that God told him to go down to a place, the brook called Cherith. Now in the Hebrew, the word Cherith means to cut off or to go down. You see, many times God will send you to an unfamiliar place to cut you off from everything that is familiar. Oh, hallelujah. You can't rely on mama coming to bring you out. You can't rely on getting a baggie or getting something to bail you out. It is a place that God says, go down to a place that's going to cut you off from the familiar. One of the hardest lessons that many of us need to learn is that when God wants to use us for his glory, he'll sometimes take us to the hard places first. Oh, hallelujah. You see, before the image of God can be proven in your life and my life, more, you see, God got to do something in us. And I know we think we're all right with God, but when God begins to prove us, he'll begin to show us how much pride we have, how much jealousy we have, 
how much envy, how much hatred we have, how much, how many of us, we got our own quirks, we got attitudes. You see, we got things that will kill us in our spirit, and God wants to get these things out. So he says, I'm sending you to boot camp to show you really what you're working with. How many of us on our best day, we think we are all right. But uh, after being tried for a few moments, that old nasty attitude, Satan begins to come up. And before you know it, we declare, I didn't know that was there. Well, the reason God sends us to boot camp is to show us right what's right there in us. Oh, it doesn't matter. You've been saved 5, 10, 20, 30 years or more. It doesn't matter how long you've been saved because God is still at work. The process is still going there. And there's still things in us that God got his finger on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Mm. So God says to Elisha, go down to Cherith. Cherith is a lonely place. Cherith is a hard place. Cherith is a, a hidden place. In other words, when God wants to prove you, he will get you away from the spotlight. Oh, have mercy. Now I know that's going to mess with somebody now. Because you're so used to being a man in charge. You're so used to being the woman who everybody calls on. You're so used to being the one who has all the answers. But when God wants to use you or train you or teach you, the first thing he's going to do is get you out the spotlight. Oh, hallelujah. You see, before God can work on our spiritual life, uh, he's trying to find out, do you just love me in words? Or do you love me with your deeds, with your actions? The scripture says, they love me with their mouth, but their heart is far from me. You see, we can talk a good game, but it is when the trial takes place, that's when we really know whether or not we're for God. And really, the true test of a man is what that man will do when he's alone with God. How many of us we struggle to be alone with God. You okay around people. You okay in a group and you okay. I mean, you're all right. But what happens when you are just alone with God? It's just you and God. Now, how are we responding? You see, it is in times that we are alone that sometimes we venture into things that we don't want other people to know about. It's when I'm alone at home and I get in front of that computer, I can find myself looking at things I know that I should not look at and that I know that I would not look at if other people were around. You see, we put on our best fronts. We're in front of everybody. But when we are alone with God, what is coming out of our lives and our actions? You see, I believe that the true test is that what God is perfecting in the hidden places, it will come to the light afterwards. Oh, so it was here in the lonely place, the low place, the hidden place. It is here that Elisha has to learn how to trust God. Let me talk to all of you right now who feel like you're going through. When you feel like you're the only one, when you feel like your circumstances are beyond your ability to work out, I need you to know God is using that place to prove you. Now, what happens in the proving? Is it a one-time thing? I believe that the scripture declares that God is doing something day by day, a daily walk. Thank you. A daily walk. Why? Because he's learning. He's teaching us how to lean 
on him. Oh, hallelujah. If God got you out of the thing that you went through right when you went through it, you and I would never learn anything. But God is teaching us how to lean on him because he is long-suffering. He is patient. And I need you to know that we want God to come through immediately. And God says, if I come through too soon, you won't learn the lesson. Oh, hallelujah. Saints, I need you to know something. Before God can use us as vessels to pour out into other people, he must have us alone with him that he can put more of his spirit in us. Oh, hallelujah. Too many folks are quick to tell people, if I was you, I would do this, and I would do that. That's your head knowledge, but I need you to know, when God is working with you in the secret place, now he's pouring something in you, not only to help you, but that, but that you will be able to be a blessing to those he sends you afterwards. Oh, hallelujah. Mm. So what do you look like in your alone place? It's just you and God. How much praying are you doing versus how much complaining are you doing? How many times you declare, I don't like this. I don't feel like this. I don't want to be in this place. And yet it is in that alone time that God is perfecting you to know and to hear his voice. Too many people, we want to get out of up front in front of everybody. We don't pray. We want to read a scripture. We want to sing a song. We may even want to preach a service. We haven't prayed. We haven't spent time with God. And now I need you to know, eventually it will come through. Why? Because God is saying, in that alone place, I want to impart something in you that when I bring you before people, you have something to give. Oh, saints, a praying person will begin to see the glory of God. A praying person will begin to have the right attitude even when others treat them wrong. You want to know, oh, uh, you see, all I got to do if I really want to take a look, all I have to do is watch how people react when somebody offends them. The first thing that comes out is an attitude that I'm saying you're not praying. Because if you're praying, you're saying, Lord, break this thing in me. Oh, it's time alone with God that brings God's glory to the page. You see, when I'm looking at the solitude that God gives, God gives me such a solitude that he can stand me before people later on to accomplish his will. So God brings you to that place, and, and God has a purpose and a plan in that. I need you to know that Sharif was a specific place. You see, he just didn't send them anywhere. He didn't send them to where he wanted to go. He sent them to a specific place. You see, one of the reasons why people get out of the will of God is that they do not go to the place that God sent them, and they're trying to tell God where they want to go. Oh, hallelujah. You see, if he had gone to any other place, he would not have been protected. He had been out of the will of God. Cherith was a specific place. God formed that, that little brook Cherith when he formed the world because he knew one day I'm going to send my man there who I will ultimately make a prophet that I will use later on in life. There are some places that God will send you and yes, it does not look good and it may not, and there may be hard places, but I will tell you that if you allow God to use you and to obey, watch and see what God do. 
Oh, hallelujah. You see, it was a specific place that he commanded the ravens to feed the man of God. You see, had he gone anywhere else, the ravens would not have gone there to feed him. God called the ravens to feed him at the very place that he sent him. He sent him to stay at the brook to read. And there, day in, day out, God commanded the ravens to feed him. You see, saints, one of the things we need to learn is obedience. If you want God to use you, then you must learn how to obey and to submit yourself to his will. Oh, hallelujah. You see, one of the reasons why some of us find ourselves in difficult places is somehow, sometimes we have gone and done some things on our own. You're at the right place at the wrong time. God didn't send you there. You went there to run away. Oh, thanks. Anybody remember the, the story of, uh, when we see the prophet Jonah? God wanted him to go to Nineveh, but he decided I'm going somewhere else and ultimately found himself in so much trouble because he wanted to do his thing. When God sends you to the rough place, to the hard place, to the place that will try you, God has a purpose because he says, I have chosen this place to teach you about me. Oh, what am I learning about God in the secret place? First, I'm learning that I can trust him. You see, when those ravens came to bring food every day, how is it that God will use a bird that is a scavenger, a bird that feasts on dead things? How would God use a bird and change his nature to bring me bread and to bring me good food? Oh, hallelujah, saints. God can cause everything to work for your good and for his glory. God is there equipping. God is there providing. When you're at the place that hurts you, the place that seemingly is, is not multiplying, is not exploding the way that you thought it would, that does not mean that you're out of the will of God. That may mean that God has some more planning in, in store for you. Oh, too many of us, we're ready to run from the place because we don't like how it feels. I thought that I would have a thousand members in my congregation. I thought that there would be much money, that I would have a greater salary. I thought that when I did the will of God that, that, that I would be living this way or I would have that. I want to let you know you can be in the will of God and God still will not reward you with those things because he has greater in store for you if you take your mind off of what pleases you. Saints, I need you to know Philippians 4 and 19 says, And my God shall supply all of my needs by his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So when God brings you to that place, I need you to know that place is to accomplish the will of God. Now notice the verse says, And he went and did according to the word of God. In other words, he obeyed. How many times has God called us and chosen us and wanted to use us, but we didn't obey? Mm. How many times did we present something else to God? Well, God, no, don't send me there. Let me go here. Let me do this. Saints, when God sends you to the rough places, when he sends you to the places that nobody else wants to go, it is that God wants to use you for his glory. And I need you to know that God has a plan and a purpose in there that when he's perfecting you in the secret place, he can stand you before men openly. Saints, I need you to know that God called you 
in that secret place so he can show you how to step out on faith. Now think about it. Every day at that brook, he's there. Now maybe the first day he's saying, I'm one of those birds going to come and bring me some food today. But by the second and third day, the birds are steadily coming. He stopped thinking and, and stopped doubting and stopped uh, wondering about that. And then he, what did that do? It began to build his confidence and his trust in God. You see, when God does that which he said he would do, then you and I need to begin to build up our confidence in God. When the, whip, when the word of God says no weapon formed against you shall prosper, when you see God making your enemies your footstool, then why then should you now continue to doubt God? You see, he's proven himself time in, time out. So when God is proving you in the secret place, when he's trying you, when he's letting you know who he is in the secret place, it is to build more trust and more confidence in God. So he did all according to what the word of God declares. And I need you to know, when God directs you, you're on God's payroll. That means God has to pay. Oh, hallelujah. When you step out and do things on your own, that means you're paying the ticket. I like it better when God pays. Oh, saints, oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I found myself at some exclusive restaurants and the meal was high priced. And, and I began to count my little pennies and think to myself, maybe I'll get a salad or a bowl of soup. Uh, I'm just here just for the fellowship. And, and you see, I know what I'm working with. But when God has me there and somebody begins to say, oh, pastor, don't worry about it. I got your meal. You get whatever you want to get. Oh, hallelujah. Now you're feeling free and you're released now. You see, in other words, when God calls you on his payroll, God says, I'll pay for you. That's why he says, hey, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Why? Because God has a way of paying my way. You see, when you choose to walk by your own path and do your own thing, now, no need of you complaining about why this is going wrong or why that is going wrong. You chose to get out of the will of God and to do your own thing. Therefore, you have to pay. But when you're in the will of God and you're doing what God has called you to do, God says, I won't forget your labor of love and that you do labor. I will bless you. I will bring blessings that will overtake you. I see your efforts. I see. That's why the word of God says, be not weary in well-doing. You shall receive if you faint not. You see, the brook was there. The brook was there, but suddenly the man of God began to realize this brook is starting to dry up. I came here and it was free-flowing, but the longer I've been here, I see this brook drying up. Now, we don't know how long he was there. And neither do you realize how long you would be in God's boot camp of training. Some people think boot camp is six weeks. I can tell you God's boot camp because I personally have gone through one of his trainings. When God does a boot camp, I can tell you that boot camp would be as long as it takes for us to get what God is calling us to get and be what he's calling us to be. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, so the brook was there. And now he notices that the brook is drying up. Now, the purpose of this whole thing is, God, you sent me there. Now, why would you let 
my sustenance dry up. I believe that's one way that God says, now I'm allowing it to dry up. Not because you did anything wrong. Not because you got out of my will. Not because it is just something that happened. I'm letting it dry up because I'm letting you know it's time to move on. You see, too many of us are trying to hold on to some things that done dried up. You're trying to hold up to a job that done dried up. Trying to hold on to a relationship that done dried up. Trying to hold on to stuff. It's time to let some things go that you can come into what God got for you. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. You see, when you're living by faith, you're saying, God, show me. Give me a sign. Lord, help me to know when it is time to move on. I had a, had a friend who told me years ago, stop being where you're tolerated. Be where you're celebrated. You see, it's at that point, oh, hallelujah. Sometimes you got to understand, you get it, you're getting the sign, and maybe it's letting you know that it's time to move on. You see, when you're in the will and the plan of God, God will make it evident. Ah, uh, oh, you see, when I begin to ask God, God, let me know when it's time to move on. And as I prayed the prayer, God opened up the door, and I stepped right in. I didn't have to push. I didn't have to prod. God did everything to let me know. You're in my will. You're in where I called you to be, and that's why I'm here right now. You see, it is when you're in the will of God, God will sometimes close some doors to bring you into the door that he has for you. Oh, saints, oh, what happens when your brook runs dry? Too many of us, we sit back and we complain. Uh-huh. I need you to know that when you're facing a trial, you got two decisions to make. And the first decision is you need to know that the God who provides the water is the God who can take the water back. Mm. The God who provides the water is the God who can withhold the water. That's the first decision. In other words, this, it leads into the second decision. God is in control. You see, you and I think that we are the ones in control of what happens to our lives. God has given us the right to make decisions, yes. But I need you to know that when you're in the will of God, the word of God says that he orchestrates our steps. He directs our steps. He's leading us in a path for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley and through the shadow of death, I will not fear. Why? Because thou art with me. You see, when did I learn that? I learned that in the boot camp. That when you're going through, God shows you, I am with you. No matter how hard it looks, God is with you. Sometimes he teaches us because in the boot camp you feel so alone. And God begins to tell you, I told you I would never leave you. I won't forsake you. I'm right there in the midst. So when the events of our lives begin to change, can I tell you that maybe God put you in that boot camp to chasing you. What do you mean, Pastor? I mean, there are some things that you and I are doing that are out of God's will. And God will use that boot camp to train us, to teach us, and to discipline us. But then there are times that you are in the will of God. And God is using that boot camp that we will get more of his spirit, more of his nature, that we can be just like him. So I'm going to ask you again, what do you do when your brook dries up? Mm. You see... God hasn't forsaken you. You have to have an assurance. The same God who protected me in the storm is the same one who stands with me now. Even though I can't, don't know where my money's gonna come from. My money is not in the stimulus check. 
My money is in the God who owns heaven and earth. You see, I got to realize that sometimes God will allow us to go through the storm because we have misplaced priorities. You think it's the job that supplies your need. But the word of God says, for my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And so God allows us to go through the storms. There's many storms going on right now. People have been laid off. They put their, all of their effort in their jobs and they thought that their jobs would last. Now they're wondering, what will they do? But I'm going to tell you, those who have their hope in the Lord will know beyond a shadow of doubt that my God will supply all my need. You see, there's no need for you to fear. There's no need of you to doubt. God is right there and ever present help especially in need. oh hallelujah so Elisha's Elisha's brook comes drying up and God says it's time to move on now you've learned the lesson you've been to the place you've been to the place where where I was teaching you the lesson it was a hard place yes can I tell you some of the hardest places that you will ever go to will be the places that hurt you the most. But it's the place that if you let God use you, let God work in you, let God speak to you, it is the place that will give God the greatest glory. We'll come out with the greatest anointing, the greatest blessing. It is in those places that God says, I kept you in the shadows for some time now that I can bring you out because I know you'll be able to stay in the midst of adversity. You see, Elisha, later on we find out Elisha began to declare that I'm the only one, Lord. I'm the only one trying to follow you. But God says, not so. I got 7,000 prophets who have not even bowed the knee to Baal. In other words, there may be times that you're thinking you're the only one who is serving God. You're looking around. You don't see anyone else. But because God is working on you, God has those he is working on that ultimately his plan is to bring them to the forefront. Can I tell you, it'll be a matter of time that I will no longer be on the scene. If life lasts in Jesus' chariot, one day I'm going to be going on with the Lord. But I'm going to tell you that the message will not stop with me because God is raising up those who he has in secret right now. Those who you may be laughing at, those who you're looking at that maybe don't even look like God, right? God's playing right now. But God is working in them in a quiet place, in a secret place. Some of them are coming out of the jails and out of the penitentiaries. Some of them are coming out of abuse and out of assault. Some of them are coming out of drugs and out of sexual molestation but God is raising them up working in them now in the secret place that when he brings them forth they will come forth to be proclaimers of God's grace and God's glory if you have ever been through anything and God is now using you for his glory you know what I'm talking about oh it is in the secret place it is in the place that hurts it's in the place of many tears it's in the place where you don't even know where your next meal is going to come from but it is in that place that God says, you keep your mind stayed on me. I'm going to keep you in perfect peace. Oh, thanks, I need you to know. God has some men and some women in the secret place right now where the brooks have dried up. They don't know what to do. They are wondering what place to take. And maybe you're looking at this on the internet right now. And you're saying, we don't know the way to go. But I need you to know, God has you right where you are. And if you will yield into his plan, watch what he'll do. God said, I can't.
just I can't just trust my anointing with somebody who hasn't paid the price. I'm trusting my anointing with somebody who has my heart, someone who has my my spirit in them. That's the one who I'm trusting. Oh, thanks. It's going to cost you something for God to use you. It's going to cost you something. And maybe right now, as you look at your life, I'm going to ask you, has your book, has your brook begin to dry up? Your money in the bank is not there. Maybe it is there that you thought that you would always have the kind of body that you have, and now you find yourself afflicted with some disease. Whatever it is, I need you to know, God still can use you. I can tell you there was a man by the name of Dick Woodworth. He ministered from his hospital bed. He ministered from his bedside being full paraplegic. Uh, for over 30 years, he ministered and wrote many books that have heard, that have now are uh, being read by millions of people that have changed their lives. Don't you tell me what that your limitation is you from God using you. Uh, uh, Amy, uh, they're, they're different ones, women who God has used, a uh, uh, young lady in a wheelchair, she ministers, uh, or the young man, he doesn't have any arms or any limbs, but it's in his secret place that they begin to find God, and God can use them. What about you? What about you? Can God use you? So in other words, what you're going through right now, God says, I can use it. I can use it for my glory. So when your brook begins to dry up, you keep looking at the author and the finisher of your faith. Father, we thank you this morning. Thank you, Lord God, that you, Lord God, have allowed us to go through whatever trials and tests that we encounter, that we will give you glory when it is all said and done. I thank you, Lord God, for your goodness and for your mercy that's going to overtake us. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that there have been those who hurt us. But Lord, we did not hold it to their charge because they stand before you. But God, you used it, Lord God, to bring us to a greater relationship with you. Oh, Father, we thank you, Lord, for those who are trusting in you even now in this pandemic. We pray, Lord God, give your peace during this time when people are alone. May we not just spend this time playing games and watching TV, but may we know beyond a shadow doubt, Lord, that you are working in our hearts, our mind, and our spirit. In the secret place, there are some who are alone. They are living in houses and apartments alone. And Lord, they don't have the fellowship that they once had. I pray that during this hour, that they will find such a fellowship with you, that you'll begin to change them, letting them know you're right there with them. Right where we are, Lord God, minister to us in our secret place. For those who are hurting, for those who are abused, we ask you that you just keep your trust in God. He will deliver you. You see, when the brook dries up, God has given us some signs. And sometimes we stay there longer than when we should stay. We want you to know beyond a shadow of doubt, 
trust God in the midst in the secret place when our brook dries up Lord you are calling us to come forward as pure gold you perfected us you're working in us and we thank you in Jesus name now if you have not asked the Lord in your heart as your personal Lord and Savior pray this prayer with me say dear Jesus come in my life save me write my name in your book of life I receive you now as my Lord and Savior I believe that you died for me Lord Jesus and that God raised you from the dead just for me for the forgiveness of my sins I receive you now as my Lord and my Savior now would you just go to our website mygbca.org and send us a text let me know how this message affected you Begin to just let it give us a word and give us share your testimonies with us and even also share your prayer needs with us. We want to pray for you. Amen. And if today's message also has been a blessing, how about going on the website and click on the giving button? You can give to this ministry online right there at mygbca.org. We got a cash app, give straight from your phone, your credit card. You can write the check, send it here to the church, or you can just deposit it in our online giving format. So we thank you in advance for your giving to the ministry. Amen. I pray right now that as we're about to go into communion that you have gotten some bread and uh, a cup of juice. If you haven't, please do so at this time. We want to uh, just have you to take communion with us. Amen. And any of our neighbors, if you want to take communion, give you some cups to take communion with us. You got it. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Anyone in the parking lot, just let, let Deacon Bland know that you're ready to take communion. You need the emblems of communion today. Hallelujah. Uh, Deacon Stephen, you come on up here. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Saints, we thank you for just tuning in with us. Boot camp is not a it's not a, a, a place that we all enjoy, but we thank God that God is working in us to accomplish his will. Amen. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. As the deacons come back with the emblems of communion, we're going to just thank God as we're going to take communion together. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. All right, for all who are there with us, we thank you again for tuning in. And how about telling other people about us? I want to let you know this internet broadcast has been going on, and, and we're looking at the hundreds of people who are now tuning in. And we're going to ask that you just continue to put the word out and let people know, yes, how about looking at the word online with us at mygbca.org. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Okay. Hallelujah. Praise God. The word of God declares out of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, that I have received of the Lord that which I delivered unto you, that the same night in which Jesus was betrayed. He took bread. And when 
he had given thanks, he breaked it and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Let's eat together. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. The scripture says, after the same manner, he also took the cup. When it's up saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. As often as you drink it, drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show forth the Lord's death till he come. Let's drink together. Father, we thank you for the precious blood of Jesus. The blood that washes us and cleanses us from all sin. The blood that came streaming down from your cross. Thank you for the blood. Your word says where there is not the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that covers us. Father, we pray as we leave today that some will begin to experience a new walk, a new talk. Maybe healing in their body, miracles begin to flow. As a result of hearing this word and as a result repenting and partaking of communion. Father, I pray, Lord God, you said as often we do this. We do it in remembrance of you. Thank you for our gathering. Thank you for this time of refreshing. In Jesus' name, amen. Now one more thing. I love you and nothing you can do about it. God bless y'all. God bless you.